we're gonna, who's ready for the word this morning? Yeah? All right. I want you to give a big welcome, okay? A big welcome to Pastor Dave as he preaches and shares the word of God with us this morning. Let's have a big welcome. was that? Was that you, Reuben? Oh, man, we need to minister to you afterwards, brother. How's everybody doing this morning? Oh, here we go. Uh, Pastor Mike is, uh, we were trying to get him on the phone just before, but he, uh, it's about five o'clock in the morning in Singapore. <laughs> so he's sound asleep, probably forgot to turn the phone on. But, uh, so he wanted to speak to you this morning. But anyway, he does send his love. And at the moment, he is in Singapore taking a, uh, a businessman's camp. They've got about 300 businessmen in a camp in Singapore and having a fantastic time. He spent a couple of days in a, in a church in Taiwan and had fantastic meetings over there. Had over, over 200 people saved. Had uh, hundreds of people delivered and set free. Had, uh, again, deaf ears open, people out of wheelchairs. It's just absolutely phenomenal. So uh, that's just fantastic. And uh, are you ready for this morning? <laughs> I need a little bit of water this morning. I just, I feel like absolutely letting rip today. What do you reckon? I think we should uh, really just cane it this morning. I like going hard. Sometimes I listen to the cars across the road from my, uh, going around the track there, and you can hear those things fussing around the, that racetrack, and they, man, they just got horsepower. So this morning, uh, I just feel like, man, we just need to just lift the roof off this place. Amen? And uh, for some of you, may, uh, it may not have been in the church like this, but uh, you know, I'm absolutely passionate about what I want to preach to you this morning. And I felt God has been really speaking to me deeply about what he's doing and what he wants to do this morning. And I sense that there's people here this morning and you need a breakthrough. And uh, I know that individuals need a breakthrough. Some of you need a breakthrough in a miracle, so, uh, like in a physical healing. Some may need a breakthrough financially. Some may need a breakthrough, maybe be struggling and stuff in your life. I believe the power of God is here to break through for your life this morning. Not just as individuals, but I believe our, God wants to break through our, our church into a new level as well. And um, I don't know about you, but 500 people is too small. And uh, way, way too small. And uh, we have uh, many people in our, in our city today. They absolutely need a saviour. And, uh, and uh, God can do it sovereignly, I believe. In, in many cases, he will. But he wants to work through people. He wants to work through you. He wants to work through our church. Amen. Here we go. Have you got your Bibles with you? The uh, title of this morning's message is The Breakthrough Generation. A breakthrough generation. So if you've got your Bibles with you, why don't you just give me a wave? Just, if you haven't got a Bible, just look up on the screen here. There'll be a, a Bible come up, up for you. Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. Give me a wave when you got it. Give me a yes or something like that. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so you need to be a little bit vocal this morning, okay? 
mean, I love great preaching. <laughs> I love listening to great preaching. I, lo- I love listening to a great message. But as a preacher, I like to have a great audience as well. And uh, when, you are, when you are hungry, uh, I believe that God responds to hunger. Amen. God responds to hunger, and uh, it's actually proven that, uh, that uh, you actually retain more if you're, if you're vocal, if you're absolutely, absolutely excited about it. You actually retain more of the message than you do when you just sit there and just like a little church mouse. Just... So no church mouses this morning. Let's squash them. We have a mouse trap. Okay, here we go. Better get into it. And... Uh, here we are. Mark chapter 2 and verse 1. And again he entered uh, Capernaum at, uh, after some days. And it says, and it was heard that he was in the house. We'll try that again. And it was heard that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he was in the house. Ask you this morning, is Jesus Christ in this house this morning? Come on, somebody give him a shout of praise. It was heard that Jesus Christ was in the house. And uh, I want to ask you this question. I wonder what it is that they heard. I wonder what it is that they heard. This is at the, right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And uh, all of a sudden, he, there's this, uh, a man of God, uh, uh, this amazing man started to, to do wonders on the earth. And uh, people started to talk about this man. He started to trample on the devil. He started to destroy the powers of darkness. There was people that were sick, and, and, he, and, he, and he, he's holding this meeting, and, this, and all these sick people came, and, and they went away, and they're all healed. And then there was a man that was, there was a man with leprosy, and the leprosy used to eat away his skin, and there was nothing that the doctors could do. But Jesus Christ healed him. Oh, these, these miracles started to place, and there started a, a rumor started to go around the region that there was there's somebody... Somebody, the Son of God, had turned up upon this earth. And there's somebody, this Jesus Christ, had come in to his hometown of Capernaum. I want to tell you today, people need to know that Jesus Christ has come into the house in Bay City Outreach Centre. What is it this man heard? This is the one that was going to set the people free from bondage. This is the one that could cure diseases. This was the one that could set people free. People that had been tormented at night by evil spirits. This was a man who could set them free, where people had been looking for answers, where people had been looking for somebody, something to, 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 to take away or to fill the void inside of their life. This was a man. i tell you what they heard was the Son of God had come upon this earth. Oh, somebody. And it was heard that Jesus Christ was in this house. Friends, I wonder how many people here this morning, your life has been transformed, your life has been touched by the power of Jesus Christ. In so many cases, though, this is as far as it gets. It was heard that he was in the house. I wonder what they heard. Was it the noise? I bet you there was a commotion. I bet you there was one heck of a commotion. There would have been shouts. There would have been, hey, remember that man? Remember, you heard of the man Jesus? I, I know where he is. He's in that house over there. He's in this house. Can you imagine the commotion? People, hungry, desperate. 
desperate for somebody. He was in the house. I want to tell you, that's what they heard. They would have heard a shout that somebody is in the house. Anyway, here it goes. Let's get into it. Immediately. Everybody say immediately. Many gathered together. That's a lot of people. So that there was... So that there was no longer room to receive them, not even to the door, and he preached the word of God to them. I tell you what, when Jesus, when the power of God, when the presence of Jesus is in that place, Jesus, he attracts people. People are attracted to the presence of God. People are attracted to the anointing. That's why it's important that we spend time in the Word of God. We spend time in His presence. We get anointed because everywhere, when somebody is anointed, everybody wants to touch the anointing. Everybody wants to touch the anointing. The anointing is available for everybody, every believer. So there was, there was hundreds of, there was people jam-packed this house. Can you imagine? There was your house. For some people, I reckon it's like, yeah, yeah. Come into my house, it's like heaps of people. To, but for some, I've been to some houses and it's like, you go in there and you think, oh, it's a lovely home. <laughs> lovely home. But I don't, I just, anyway. I mean, I, I do appreciate nice homes and I do appreciate the fact that people take good care of their homes and that's a good thing. But it's like sometimes it's like, it can go a little bit too far. But anyway, so there's this man, he opened his house. He said, oh, Jesus, you come to my house. He opened up his life. He opened up his, his resources. He opened up his house for Jesus to come and, and, and inhabit that place and for a move of God. Friend, God wants to come and to move in your life. He wants you to open up your house, open up your life for the presence of God to come and touch people. Friend, when you open up your life for Jesus to come in, I tell you what, the anointing of God will come upon you. When you make room for him to come into your life, when you're afraid to, to hold people out of your, your house, over your, your precious things and, and all those ornamentals, up, if you're not afraid to let people come into your house, if you're not afraid to let God come into your life, he will bring his presence. He will bring his anointing. And I tell you, people will want to come to your house. People will want to come to where you are because where you are, you are reflecting the nature and the presence of God. And it says here, and then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they, what? they uncovered the roof. They lifted the roof off. Everybody say the sky's the limit. They lifted the roof off where he was. And when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was laying. See, here we have these, um, here we have a sick man. There's plenty of sick people out in the community today. There's plenty of sick people in the world. That's why God has anointed us to, to, to go out and to cast the devils out and to, to heal the sick. But it's like here is a sick man. And uh, he was in desperate need of a miracle. The Bible says he was, he was sick with a palsy or he was, he was paralyzed. In other words, he couldn't do anything by himself. He was a man that needed a breakthrough. For most of his life, he had, he had groveled on the ground and, and dragged himself along the ground with his hands. And, or we couldn't even move his hands. He'd some, somehow he was dependent upon other people in, in order for him to move around. He needed somebody to feed him because he couldn't feed himself because he was paralyzed. When he was hungry, there would have been times when he was hungry but couldn't satisfy that hunger because there was no one around to feed him. 
absolutely hopeless situation. And I know maybe there's people here this morning, maybe you are facing a situation in your life when you need a breakthrough. Maybe it's in your personal life. Maybe it's in your body. Maybe it's in your finances. There's individuals here, I know that you need a breakthrough. And I know the power of God is here to set you free and to break through for you this morning. And I know as a church, we need a breakthrough. We need a breakthrough in numbers. We need a breakthrough in numbers. We, like I said, we're, 500 people is too small. We need 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 10,000. How many people in our community, I wonder about your neighbours today, the people that live next door to you, absolute and desperate need of a breakthrough, unable to feed themselves so they're dependent upon others, can't even grovel across the ground because they're paralysed. Wonder how many people today are in desperate need of a breakthrough. And it says here he was carried by four men. And it says they could not come near him because of the crowd. And it's like, I don't know about you, but there's been times where I've been in desperate need for a breakthrough. But it's like, they don't come easy. I mean, going from 500 to 1,000 to 2,000 doesn't come easy. For some of you, you need a breakthrough uh, in your life. Some of you have been struggling with issues. Uh, You know, I know God wants to break through in our community, but somehow, although in here we want it to happen, we can see it, it's like there's a, a crowd around Jesus. There's like a... A crowd that, can you imagine these people when, they, when, when they, they, they brought this man to Jesus? Can you imagine what the people said? They were a crowd. There was not even enough room to get into the doors. And it looked like here he was, the opportunity for him to get his breakthrough. He gets to the place and it's full up. He can hear Jesus inside. He can sense Jesus inside. He can sense that Christ is just over there. He can sense that he is right close to him. He can sense that his breakthrough is just around the corner. But it's like there's a, there's a wall, there's, there's opposition. So, man, you can't come in here, man, we're all full up. For some people, you've been struggling with things inside of you, struggling to break through, and it's like, you, you know your breakthrough's just around the corner, but it's like there's opposition pushing back on you, saying, man, you can't come here. It's full up. And I know for, I know that God is raising up a generation of young people that start to get passionate. I mean, a few years ago, you wouldn't see the, hear this type of music getting played in church. You wouldn't hear, see people up the front dancing and absolutely passionate because people would say, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't get loud in church. You can't do that. You can't get passionate. You can't get hungry. You're not allowed to do that. There's a, there's a pushing back. For some people, it's like, it's, it's like you know God wants to heal you. You know God wants to break through, but there's a pushing back. It's like, it's a, no, he doesn't want to heal you, man. There's too, much, there's too many people around here. You're full up. Go away. See, I know God wants to break through in this city. I know, but God wants our church to grow to thousands. But people say, man, you can't do that. It's never been done before. We've never seen a church of a thousand in Hawke's Bay before. But we know inside of our hearts that God can do it. We know that somewhere, it's just over there. 
It's just within our reach. But it's like there's a, a pressure pushing back on us. And it says here, so they could not, so they, they could not come there because of the crowd. They uncovered the roof from where he was. Can you imagine? You imagine yourself being in that scenario. Imagine that was your house. I mean, I've seen some of your houses. <laughs> they are very nice. Can you imagine if somebody got up on your roof with a claw hammer, saber saw? Here you are, you had guest ministry in your home, and he was preaching a nice word. Next thing you hear this, you look up, and the plaster starts to rattle, rattle, rattle. You're sort of trying to listen to Jesus, but you're sort of like, what is going on in this place? What is going on here? Can you imagine if it was your house? What would your response be? You better be paying for that, boy. You will be paying for that. I hope you've got insurance, Jesus. I hope you've got, uh, what's that, public liability or something like that? Public liability insurance. Can you imagine if that was your house, what would your response be? Don't wreck my home. What about if you were the man who was sick? What would you be saying? Get me in that house. I don't care what it takes. Get me in that house. Somebody get me to Jesus. Somebody get me my breakthrough. Somebody get me into the place where I can get a miracle. I tell you what, there's plenty of sick people out there today. Maybe you're here today. You need a miracle. For some of you, you'll look at the, you'll look at the opposition and you'll just back off and think, oh, well, maybe we'll just wait till next time. Maybe we'll just wait for another day. Maybe we'll just wait for next Sunday or wait for the next visiting speaker that comes through. Maybe then I'll get my breakthrough. I, I, I don't want to bother these guys. If he had that sort of response, I doubt he would have got his breakthrough. See, Jesus was there. There's a time and a place for everything. He was in the right place at the right time. Friends, you are here in the right place, the house of God, and you're here at the right time. If you need a breakthrough, the presence of God is here to break through. If you, are, if you look at the story, the man was sick with a palsy. This is where it gets, I mean, I've just been waiting on God and been praying that, and this is where just God has just shown me a, a picture of what he's doing in this church and what he's doing right now. And, and uh, if you look at the man, he was sick with a palsy. In other words, he was paralyzed. What happens when a man is paralyzed? Well, a person... PC. What happens if they're paralyzed? Their head is alive. The head sort of works. The brain's sort of working, but the body doesn't work. The brain wants to send a command to the body. He says, big toe, move. Or he says, feet, dance. (laughs) Feet dance! But the feet are unresponsive. He's saying, arms move. 
Do something. I don't know. Jump. Turn around. Twist. Do a break. Whatever. Do something. But the body is unresponsive because somewhere the connection between the head and the, 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 the place that gives the commands and the body, the rest that follows, somewhere it's either disconnected or damaged. For so many people, Christ representing the head. There's a disconnection from the head. Every one of us is born into sin. Every one of us is born disconnected. We carry no, no life of our own. We're reliant on other people to carry us around. There's a separation from God. But sadly to say, in so many cases, the church is in the same position. If you look at the church as the body of Christ, and the head is the head, the head is Jesus himself. God gives the command for the church to go out and to, and to, and to move and to dance and to, to make a sound and to do things. But the body, the church, is unresponsive. Maybe a finger or two will, will move. Maybe a leg. Maybe it can just do something. I don't know. Or maybe half the body is paralyzed. We've got one half of the church or a percentage of the church actually out there working and doing something and actually responding to the call of God. Or there's another part which is just disconnected. Either disconnected totally or maybe there's been a damage. Maybe there's a damage done. Maybe there's bruising around the, the, in, in the connection somewhere. Maybe these people here today, you're disconnected from God. You're paralyzed. Maybe you're here today and you're Christian and, you, and you, you once responded to the call of God. Once you responded to his word, but now paralyzed. Often it's like if, a, if an arm or a leg's been encast for so long, it's like you take the thing off and it's like, oh, it's not used to moving. For some people, their lives have been in a cast too long. Cast has come off, you need to get some life back into your leg. So many places today, the church is paralyzed. It's powerless. There's no connection. This is something that I've just been really challenged upon myself. Is like, you know, I mean, this is the word of God. We come here and we, we, we sing and sing our praises to Christ. And, but then we're just unresponsive to his word where his word says to go and do something or to, you know, to put offenses right. And there's a season where God was in this place where we deal with offenses, man. And it's like for some people, they, they dealt with the offenses. For others, paralyzed. <laughs> there's a disconnection. But friend, I want to tell you there's hope for you. And it says here, they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. I tell you what, these four men are representative of a breakthrough generation. I believe that we are coming into a season where there is a generation of young people, of old people, that will carry the body that is either totally paralyzed 
or half paralyzed or a little bit paralyzed. Carry the body, carry the church, carry a generation into a place of encounter and a place of breakthrough. I'm telling you, you only have to look up the front of church. You only have to go out and have a look at the impact kids. You only have to uh, uh, talk to people like Bill Labar and some of these people that are carrying the gospel. There is a generation that is arising that will carry the church into a place of breakthrough. There is a generation that arises and is carrying this church into a place of not just 500 people, not a thousand people, but more than a thousand people. A generation that is, is carrying the body into a place of breakthrough. Friends, even here this morning, there is an atmosphere. People have brought you in into an atmosphere where Jesus Christ, His presence is here, and you too can get your breakthrough. A breakthrough generation. I believe that God is raising up a breakthrough generation. Let's have a quick look at... Um, at what these, uh, what these, what this generation looks like. Let's just turn in your, turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter one. Ezekiel chapter one. And it says in verse one, it says, "Now in the thirteenth year, he said, I was by the Tukituk River. <laughs> Something like that. Does it say that?" Yeah. No, anyway, anyway, it's the Tuki Tuk River. Anyways, by the river down the road there. And it says the heavens were opened and he saw visions of God. Everybody say visions of God. Heavens are open. Friends, I believe in that heavens are opening over our church. People start to see visions of God. And I saw a great storm. And it says here, I looked and behold a whirlwind coming out of the north in verse 4. The great cloud with fire, raging fire engulfing itself and brightness was all around it and radiating out of the midst like the color of amber and out of the midst of the fire. Also from out from within it came the likeness of how many living creatures? Four living creatures. Friends, I believe what, what Ezekiel is seeing here, he sees it later on, he sees the same vision. 900 or so years later in John chapter 4, John also sees a similar vision. 1900 years after that, here we are, God is showing me the same thing. Earlier on in the year, there was a message. If you look at the theme that have, that's been running through the year, it's like, come up higher, come up to another level. If you read after that, it talks about that uh, he started to see the same vision that Ezekiel saw. And I believe this is prophetic of a, of a generation that is arising, that is going to carry the church, going to carry the body of Christ into a new level, into a place of encounter that it has never, ever seen before. And it says here, and I saw four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They each had the, the, the likeness of a man. Each one had four faces and had four wings. Their legs were straight. In other words, they walked with purpose. They were straight. They were strong. There was no, there was no wobbling around. The sole, and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calves. And they sparkled like the, the color of, of burnished bronze. And if you look at, uh, in, in Revelation chapter 1, uh, you'll see uh, John, has, has, when he's on the Isle of Patmos, his eyes were opened and he sees a similar vision. Hey, look at this guy. He wants to go. 
And he sees a similar vision. He sees a similar figure standing there. It is. It's the Spirit of the Lord, and he sees his feet are shining like a bronze. And it says here, and the, and the hands of the man, in verse 8, the hands of a man were under each of their wings on their four sides. And each, had the, each of the four had faces and wings. And the wings touched each other. The creatures did not turn where they went, but each one went straight or forward. And as for the likeness of their faces, friends, this is, I believe, what God is describing a breakthrough generation. He's describing the, the, the four of the faces of God that are, not the actual faces of God, but are, are characteristics of the nature of God. And friends, you and I are born to carry the reflection and the nature of Christ. That is originally when, we're first, when man was first made. Let him, let us make man in our own image. Let us make man in our own reflection. So that wherever man is, he would reflect the glory of God. So somehow there's been a disconnecting. But what he sees here, he sees a generation that is arising, that is connecting, that is starting to reflect the nature, that is starting to reflect the character of God. And I believe right now, it's like we see young people at the front passionate, older people passionate about serving Christ, full of passion. Let's have a look at their faces. Each, Each had the face of a man. See, the first and pro- the, the primary and prominent face was that of a man. That face represents humanity. I mean, we all have the face of a, I mean, man meaning male and female. <laughs> but it's like the fact that we are human. They had the face of a man. They were, they were relational beings. They had an understanding that the other creatures didn't have an understanding of. They were relational beings. They had the ability to be able to feel compassion. They had the ability to, to love. They had the ability to, uh, to connect. They had the ability to connect with the living God. They had the ability to, to connect with one another. And I believe that one of the faces of a generation is an ability to be able to relate. Friends, if you can't relate with unsaved people, if you can't connect with unsaved people, my giddy aunt, how will you get people saved? So, so many, some people are so deep. They are so deep. They, they are deep, deep, deep. And it's like, dude, where are you? <laughs> talk to me in English, man. <laughs> Don't talk, you know. These people, these men, they had a human face. They were compassionate. They had a, they had a heart for their brother. They had a heart for their brother. They loved their brother. They were committed to their brother that was unable to. They were committed to their friend that was unable to, to move for himself. Friends, the first, one of the first things we've got to have is a deep commitment, a deep love one for another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. They had an ability to be able to relate with people. They had an ability to be able to connect with people. Second thing, each had the face of a lion. Doug, give me your best lion, brother. They had the face of the lion. Somebody give me a lion face. 
Oh, come on. They had a face of a lion. The lion represents boldness. Lion represents strength. Lion represents courage and tenacity. You ever seen a lion when he's after his prey? Where he's after something? Boy, there's nothing can stop him back. Nothing can hold him back. Lion represents, uh, uh, like I said, a boldness. The Bible describes that, that in, in, in Psalm, in, in Psalm uh, Proverbs 28, verse 1, it talks about the righteous, people that are right standing with God, they are as bold as a lion. So one of the things we've got to have, man, we've got to have a right standing with God. We've got to get our lives right with God. We've got to bring our lives into, into alignment with the Word of God. And when we, when we come into a place of right standing with God, friends, we are as bold as a lion. These guys, these men that carried the, their brother into a breakthrough, they were bold. It takes a lot of courage to get onto somebody's house and put a saw through it. A lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to stand up and believe for a breakthrough. It takes a lot of courage to stand up and get your breakthrough. It takes a lot of courage to stand up and to make a difference. Because all around there will be people that will push back on you and say, man, you can't do that. You can't have your miracle. You can't have your breakthrough. You cannot do that. A church can't be like that. The church can't look like that. You can't have your miracle. You but you've got to be as bold as a lion. And sometimes people will stand in front of your face and oppose you. Sometimes people stand in front of you and say, you cannot have that. You're not going to have that. This is too full. This has never been done before. But something inside of you, your lion face will turn around and say, it wasn't a very good roar, was it? (laughs) Somehow there's got to be a a roar that takes place in our lives, not just a, not just a, a a meow, not just a, I mean, a, a roar. Our lives are meant to roar the presence of God. Our lives are meant to roar the sound of breakthrough. Our lives are meant to roar the sound of victory. Our lives are meant to roar with the, the, the Bible. The lion is the king of the beasts. There's a, there's a, there's a kingly uh, dimension that you and I are going to learn to stand in. We're going to learn to put on a lion face sometimes. Do away with the pussycats. Lions. And on the other side, the other side of the face of an ox. Moo. I should just go back to talking about lions. It's like when you look at David's mighty men in, uh, in 1, uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 8. It talks about David's mighty men. They were the, they were the most ferocious. They were the most, uh, one, of the, one of the most powerful armies that have ever walked away from the face of this earth. The Bible describes that there are, there are faces with set like that of lions. Friends, if we're going to push back the powers of darkness, man, we've got to have a lion face. For young people, when you stand up in your school and start to declare the blessing and prosperity and the breakthrough of God, maybe you've got to have a lion face. And the next place, it has, a, it has the face of an ox. And uh, the, the ox is representative of, 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 of the ability that was strong to carry weight. They were strong to, to carry responsibility. They were strong to, to work and to plow the field. And uh, the Bible talks in Proverbs chapter, where is it, Proverbs chapter? Probably come up there before I get it. Uh, Proverbs chapter um, 14, verse 4. It's quickly talks, it says, uh, where, where no oxen are, the trough is clean, but much increase comes from the strength of an ox. 
Friends, in order to carry the body, in order to carry the weight of responsibility, in order to build the church, in order to plow the fields, it takes strength, it takes perseverance, it takes commitment. But I'm not just talking about one year. I'm not just talking about coming to church. I'm talking about carrying the weight of responsibility, learning to get into people's lives, running a small group, being responsible, all these sorts of things. But also the ox is also representative of sacrifice. A generation of people that are not afraid to lay their lives down, not afraid to put their lives on the altar and go and say, it is no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives within me. So many preachers today will preach about, man, God, we bring you up this high, make you this good. But I'm telling you, they miss out the point where you've got to put your life on the altar. You've got to put your life on the anvil. And I don't like that. And it's like those times you feel like breaking like a scared cat. I'm out of here, baby. It's like when God gets you upon the anvil like a blacksmith and starts shaping your life, brings his hammer out and starts, there's a bent, there's a crooked area in there, and I start banging those areas out, straightening you up, sharpening you up. For some people, they get on the altar, they see the hammer, then they get off the altar and run. No way. For some people, they get on the altar and take a couple of, and that's it, I'm out of here. But friend, God wants us to, to get on the altar and to stay on the altar until God, until he beats us and breaks us. And when he breaks us, then he can use us. Pastor Mike talked the other week about, about, about being broken before God. A broken and a contrite spirit. God wants us to be a generation that are not afraid to take a risk, that are not afraid to have their lives shaped. They can carry the load of responsibility. They can carry their brothers and sisters. They can stand up and carry, carry the, our brothers and sisters that aren't yet saved. They can carry responsibility in the house of God. They can carry weight, even when it does get a little bit, a little bit sticky and a little bit... And so friends, like the, like the Proverbs says, when, it's, when there's ox, where there's no oxen, the stables are clean. When there's no working in people's lives, when there's no one carrying responsibility, it's clean. It's when people start to work, when people start to carry responsibility, when people start to put their lives on the altar, when people start to put their lives on the anvil to get shaped, that's when it gets messy. Some people look at the mess and say, oh, that's enough, I'm out of here. But God is looking for a generation that is not afraid to carry weight, that is not afraid to keep their lives on the anvil until the, the, the blacksmith's cups to sharpen our swords and start to sharpen our lives. If you're facing, if you're going through situations right now, don't run. Allow God to shape you. Allow God to mold you. Allow his hand to come be strong upon your life. Allow him to sharpen you. As painful as it may be, as, as much as you feel like running, stay upon the altar. Stay upon the anvil. Every day, let your life get upon that altar and say, God, Lord, it is no longer I that lives. Lord, my, my hopes, my desires, my dreams, Lord, let them be yours. Lord, come into my life. Lord, I lay my life down today. Father, I thank you today. There's a, I lay my life on the altars. I sacrifice my life once more to Every day, Father, I thank you. It is no longer I that lives anymore. It is no longer I, as Paul said, it is Christ that lives within me. 
Friends, as much as you stay on the altar, as much as you stay on the anvil, that is as much as, as God will start to work in your life. You want to see more of the anointing upon your life. You want to see more of the presence of God. You want more of his presence inside of your life. Stay on that altar. Last thing he sees, he sees, a, he sees an eagle. He sees the, the other one has the face of an eagle. And if you look at an eagle, the, the eagles are a, a one that would soar. Another bird that has a, amazing strength. All three of these animals have amazing strength. Eagles represent that of a swiftness. I mean, a bird, he can, he can fly so high and he, the, as flashes of lightning, man, he can be down upon that earth and snatch his prey. Another thing about an eagle is they've got eyes like a hawk, you might say. Excuse me. They're able to see opportunity. They're able to, because they, they get up high into the presence of God. They can get up into access His presence. They can get up into places where no other person can reach. And from up there, they can start to see. Like the Bible says in John and Revelation 4, come up higher. So you can start to see things from a different perspective. Blessed are those that, 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 that wait upon the Lord, for they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up, ride up like eagles on eagles' wings. There's got to be a part of us, a part of us as a generation that can knows how to access the presence of God, that knows how to wait upon His presence, that can get up and to start to see people how God sees people, start to see circumstances how God sees circumstances, sees them from up there, and when the time is right, bang, they're down on top of it. You also look at the eagle, it's like the, uh, the, a mother eagle is, a, is an amazing mum. It's like they put their nest right up high. And when the little birdie comes up and he hatches out of his eggs, little baby eagle, little claw, a little baby eagle, he's up there, a little baby eagle starts to get mother, Bible talk, I mean, there's scriptures in there about how the, the, the eagle uh, ruffles the nest or, or, or flatters the nest. And uh, so his little baby birds get, they're way up high, no one can touch them, they're protected by Mother Eagle. Then comes a time where Mother Eagle says, little baby eagle, it's time to fly. It's time to be a big eagle now. It's time to grow up. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's time for mummy to stop feeding you. It's time for you to start finding your own little worms. It's time for you to start to find your own food. Start to learn to find your own wings. Start to learn to fly for yourself. So little mum, baby, mama eagle comes against a little baby eagle and says, okay, here we go. Little baby eagle, what a, what a, a good view. Next thing you know, <laughs> off goes baby eagle. Like a turkey, all the way down. But then mother eagle comes down and catches it and brings it back up again. He says, my God, what a rush. <laughs> and then he does it again. Let's go to the edge. Where you go? <laughs> Mother Evil comes down again. And bit by bit by bit, 
Baby eagle learns to fly. And before you know it, baby eagle can now fly by himself. Baby eagle is now not a baby eagle anymore. He is a big daddy eagle. Man, he can soar on the wind. He can soar. He can access the presence. He can feed for himself. He's got eyesight for himself. Man, he's a big eagle. He's a growing up eagle. And friends, just as Christ for us as baby Christians gets us as baby Christians and says, Here's a little gentle push. Get you off the edge. A generation that is not afraid to be shaped by people in authority. A generation that is not afraid and not disobedient. When people start speaking into your life or giving you a little bit of a push along, it's like, don't, don't, don't push me. I'm waiting. Don't push. You know what I'm talking about? It's time for you to fly. (laughs) For some of you, it's time for you to fly. You've been sitting in the nest long enough, eating mummy's worms. (laughs) Young people, it's time for you to grow up. Some of you older people, it's time for you to grow up and learn to fly for yourself. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. And it says in verse 13, he says their appearance. This is what they look like. Just finishing up very soon. This is what their appearance looked like. When I looked upon their, their faces, it's like they had all these different faces. But it says their appearance was that of what? Burning coals. Burning coals. Baby, they had the fire of the Holy Ghost burning inside them. Pastor Tim Hall preached it a little while ago when he was here. Talked about having the fire of God and being hot burning coals. Friends, what are the state of your coals right now? Are they burning? Is something inside of you is like, can't wait to get to church. Can't wait to get in the presence of God. I can't wait. Something just, I just can't get it out of my mind. I can't get it out of my life. He has so consumed me. Jesus that was consumed with passion. The Bible says, zeal for my father's house has consumed me like a fire. David also said the same thing. Zeal for your house has consumed me. What are the state of those coals? Friends, if those coals are... are, are, Somebody's blowing them out. They need to get the fire of the Holy Ghost back upon your life again. How do you know if the... Man, I just just look into your eyes. They're the windows to your soul. They had the fire of the Holy Ghost burning inside of them. In verse 20, and it says, basically it's saying here, they didn't go where they wanted to go. See, every one of us has our own dreams, has our own own desires. Man, I'd like to go that way. I think we should go this way. I think we should go that way. Man, there's another fad that's coming in this way. I think we should go down that path. No, I think we should go this path. They didn't go where they... They wanted to go themselves, but they were totally focused. They were led by the Spirit. They were led by the Holy Ghost. Friends, one of the things, one of the aspects of a breakthrough generation is the fact that they are led by the power of the Holy Spirit. They lay their own desires aside. They lay their own wants and other pathways that look a lot more exciting, but they're led by the Holy Spirit. How many times do you commit your ways to the Lord? Commit your decisions. Before you make a decision, do we 
Do you commit it to the Lord? Are you, are you, do you seek the Lord's face in it? Says, God, is this what you want for my life? God, is this what you want? Lord, let your, Lord, let your word be a light into my path and a lamp into my feet. God, I want my life to, to flow wherever you want me to go, led by the Holy Ghost. Let's just turn back to Mark chapter 2, just in finishing up. Can we just have the band up quickly? The Bible also talks about that there were people that were made of faith. The Bible says back in Mark chapter 2, he said, when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, in other words, there was something that they did that caught the eyes of Jesus. It wasn't just locked up inside of their hearts. They actually did something. They had faith with action. Because they could see. They had compassion for their brother. And they knew they're just around the corner. They're just through that wall was their breakthrough. Just over there was their breakthrough. They could see the opportunity. They could see. They got into a place where they could see. And then they seized the moment like an eagle. They said, man, this is going to take a little bit of courage to get our breakthrough. This is going to take a bit of courage. But I know that the righteous are as bold as a lion. So they put on their lion face, stood in faith, climbed up that roof, tore the roof off, tore the thing that was limiting the presence of God, tore off the limitations, broke some of the mindsets. God could never heal me. God, I can't break from it. Could God really do that? Oh, I don't know. I haven't got an education. Oh, I'm this, or I'm that, I'm that. He broke the mindsets. Friends, it's Christ that lives within you today. The presence of God is here in this place. The presence of God is in this place. The Bible says, since we have a great high priest, let us come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain, find mercy and obtain grace in the time of need. Friends, right now we can come before the very throne of God and receive whatever we need. Jesus Christ has made that way for you. So he saw their faith. And then he said, Sons, your, son, your sins are forgiven you. People got upset about that. Got really ticked. Then Jesus said, what's wrong? Why are you reasoning about these things in your heart? He said, which is easier to say, the paralytic, your sons are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man, everybody said the Son of Man, has power on earth. Son of man has power on earth. And I say to you, arise, get up and walk. And immediately, the man got to his feet. He arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all. And it says here at the end, they were all amazed and glorified God and said, we have never seen anything like this before.
few weeks ago, Pastor Mike stood up on the up on this platform here and, and testified. I don't know if you were here. But just over 10 years ago, back in about 1993, I remember that. I remember the meeting that. Their dad stood up here and a move of God was birthed in this church. It took commitment. It took vision. It took to see an opportunity. It took boldness. It took courage. And it took a deep commitment and a love for people. I remember the meeting as Pastor Mike, his dad stood up on here. And he brought this, brought this, uh, brought this prophet in. And a move of God was birthed. That move of God went through all of Australasia. Everywhere people went, it was a move of God. And everywhere it went, people said, we have never ever seen anything like this. Some people opposed it. Some people got upset about it. But it absolutely revolutionized church. Many people were set free. Many people were saved. Flushed to the surface many things. People said, we have never seen anything like this before. And his dad stood up on this altar and said, testify this, friends. I know that God is raising up a generation of young people that will bring the church into a place of new encounter. And the people stand up and say, we have never seen anything like this before. We have never seen church like this before. We have never seen young people like this before. We have never seen the church operating in a place like this. We have never seen miracles. I've never seen anything like this before. Come on, somebody give him a shout of praise. Yes. A breakthrough generation. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. There is a move of God coming. There is a generation arising. That will bring the body of Christ into a new level of breakthrough. You will see this church grow into a place where people will look and say, I've never seen anything like this before. I've never seen young people, I've never seen old people like that before. How come you've got so much strength? How much you've... My goody aunt. But some people here today, you're paralyzed. Some people here today, you, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're separated. Tonight, today you need to receive Jesus. You need to be connected to the source of all life. He is the giver of all life. For some of you, maybe it's like you've been saved for a, for a fair while, and, but it's like a part of you has grown cold. Maybe you've been damaged somewhere and it's just like you've just lost some of your movement. Why don't you connect back with God again? Some of you here today, you need a breakthrough. Maybe you need a financial breakthrough. Maybe you need a a physical breakthrough. What I want to do right now is I just want to to open up this altar for for you people. Just as we um, sing that last song, whatever it was. Why don't we just all stand to our feet right now? Captivate my heart.
If you need a breakthrough of healing, if you need a miracle, if you need a breakthrough in your life, why don't you just come to the front right now and start to worship Jesus? respond to Jesus this morning. Some of you are paralyzed. One more time, let's start to worship Jesus this morning.